0: Welcome to the FTF exchange podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest FinTech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing. And we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the FTF Exchange Podcast Series. I'm Eugene Grego, Chief Content Officer for FTF News and Financial Technologies Forum, otherwise known as FTF. Today, we are talking to Dominic Tanner, who is Head of Content Management for Six Financial Information about the increasing complexity of some key corporate actions events. So, uh, hi, hi Dominic. Um, First, maybe just tell us a little bit about what you do at Six Financial Information and then we'll dive into the questions.
2: Thanks, Eugene, for the introduction. As mentioned, I'm heading up the uh, content management department at Six Financial Information. We are a team of content specialists that take care of certain parts of our data universe, either by asset class, uh, things like fixed income, equity, derivatives, etc but also in a cross asset class dimension, like corporate actions, regulation, tax, et cetera. So we kind of take an end-to-end view on the the content uh, from sourcing the content, processing the content, finally up to packaging and delivering that content to our customers.
1: What have been the major impacts of the global pandemic on corporate actions, events, processing?
2: Yes, what we see and hear from our customers is pretty much in line of what the wider financial services sector is experiencing, in that the impact so far was limited. I think that this is due to the the high degree of, A, the electronic information exchange between the stakeholders. And B has also been made uh, possible by remotely accessing or being able to remotely access the central processing systems at customer sites. Mm
1: -hmm. So uh, corporate actions events and the processing of them are becoming increasingly complex with many extra steps. What are some of the typical structures for this type of corporate actions event? Mm.
2: Yes, the the more complex corporate actions are those uh, requiring instructions from investors as they are optional or uh, there are choices that an investor can make uh, like with rights issues, tender offers, specifically if they contain uh, multiple options to choose from between cash and stock and maybe different cash or different stock options. Or uh, the very complex one, where you can even kind of pick and choose, okay. where you make, where you can kind of combine options to your liking as an investor. What we have seen over the past couple of years is that even kind of supposedly simple uh, events like cash dividends are getting more more complex because some of the issuers are now starting to offer multiple currency options to the investor. I can choose between, let's say, sterling, euro and US dollar as the currency in which the dividend is distributed and there is also an increasing use of drip options i.e dividend reinvestment programs on top of that so that you cannot just choose from multiple cash options but you also have the option to convert the dividend into a reinvestment into the company
1: and that's all to to make the client happy right so these firms are doing very what they can
2: Yes, I mean, it, it is kind of dependent on the issuer kind of a now having the possibility to issue more complex corporate actions because uh, the processing is more mature and more advanced. And it's also probably predominantly driven by the wish of companies to be more attractive to their uh, investment community. Sometimes you have you have the situation where, where companies are, are multi-listed. So they might be listed, I'm just making up an example, they might be listed in Australia and maybe in the UK as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe the main currency of their share is uh, pound sterling, but they have a large investment community in Australia because the shares are trading there. Maybe the shares are even dual listed there. So they offer people to have a choice between Australian dollar and pound sterling to choose from. So that an investor whose reference currency is Australian dollar doesn't need to convert the dividend from sterling into uh, Australian dollar himself.
1: So this does create some interesting workflows and I think kind of run down some of them. What are the most uh, challenging stages in the the workflow process?
2: I mean, specifically with regard to the complex corporate actions, i.e. those which are requiring instructions from the uh, investor. I think overall time is of the essence here. You need to have the corporate actions set up, including all the options that the investor can choose from in time to send out notifications to the account holder, to the investor, and gather their instructions on which options they would choose or whether they want to exercise an option, et cetera, to be able to send them onward to the issuer, CSD or whoever is handling the corporate action in a centralized way on behalf of the issuer by the market deadline date. And I think a lot of people that we talk to, they are complaining that these deadlines are really quite tight, you know. If you miss deadlines, it is getting more complicated because you have to retrospectively correct things. So I really think with regards to the complex corporate actions and the processing of them, time is really kind of the the component Uh, that we have to keep in mind here. Mm
1: -hmm. And how effective are standards? And I'm thinking of the ISO 20022. How effective are they in mitigating risk?
2: International standards, and I would not just mention 20022, which is obviously kind of the the newer generation of standards, but probably the more widely used standard at present is uh, 15022. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And specifically, not just the messaging standards, but the messaging standards accompanied by established market practice, like the market practice guidelines that are issued by the SMPG, the Securities Market uh, Practice Group, uh, can help alleviate uh, interpretation mistakes and of course increase the rate of straight through processing of corporate actions. And this obviously leads to uh, less errors and a higher degree of automation of complex and obviously also simpler corporate actions. So
1: they're somewhat helpful.
2: I think they're very helpful because if you talk to people, they might be, or, or, or firms, they might be very good at knowing market practice in a handful of markets where they trade heavily, where they're heavily invested. But if it comes to other markets, which, at least in their eyes, might be a bit more exotic, you know, it's sometimes harder to interpret what does the corporate action actually mean for me? So what are the key dates I have to observe, etc. And by standardizing not just the format in which the corporate action notifications are exchanged, uh, but also by standardizing the market practice, and clearly specking out where differences in market practice lie, I think this is very, very important to avoid those uh, interpretation mistakes, which can lead to, to errors in processing afterwards and can lead to maybe even losses because they have been incorrectly processed. Maybe investors were not uh, offered the right options to choose from, etc. So I think all the, the work that is done or has been done and is still being done to kind of increase the coverage of those standards in terms of markets, asset classes, event types is a very welcomed uh, contribution to more efficient processing uh, of corporate actions globally.
1: And do you think, um, on that point, do you think that the regulators should step in and push that or should it be just an industry driven change?
2: I think that. The process so far was predominantly um, industry-driven, but we do definitely see that there is more interest in standardization by the regulators. So regulators are stepping in, in certain areas more than others. Um, So far, we have seen more interventions from regulators in the area of reference data standards, slightly less so in the, the corporate action space. But nevertheless, I mean, regulators are also interested, and there are a lot of initiatives out there to harmonize the the cross-border processing of of corporate actions. That's one aspect, which can lead to to further standardization or, or input to the standards process, of course. And regulators are also driving standardization through their requirements for firms to be in control of their operational risks. You know, Mm -hmm. operational risk has become a a very hot topic for regulators. They are not kind of in the stage yet where they're um, making standards, or the use of standards mandatory left and right. But usually regulators are using uh, like a, a best practice scheme, you know, or approach. So mm-hmm. if there are industry standards and you're not using them and you have deficiencies in your operational controls and your operational risk management, you will probably find it harder to explain your situation to the regulators.
1: Mm-hmm. And then So switching a little bit, uh, what are the prospects of automating some of the information and instruction flows that you mentioned that follow the the corporate actions chain?
2: Yes, I think the industry has made significant progress in the last decade and many market participants have largely automated the simple mandatory corporate actions like interest payments, redemptions, simple cash dividends, etc. The simple corporate actions still account for uh, some 80 plus percent of the overall corporate action volume. So I think a lot of progress has been made, but now the challenge is to go even further and, and automate the more complex corporate actions and finding ways to achieve higher rates of, of automation, higher rates of, of STP as well for those more complex corporate actions, as we have seen at, at, at the start of, of the podcast with the first uh, couple of questions. I think that is kind of the new area of challenge to go beyond the simpler, the higher volume corporate actions, and now try to uh, look at the slightly lower volume, but much more complex corporate actions, finding ways to to automate them and gain more operational efficiency within firms.
1: And then how concerned are you that perhaps corporate actions processing uh, is getting too complicated, that maybe there should be some kind of halt <laughs> to the complexity until the, te- uh, until the technology and the industry can catch up in a way
2: um i mean it's with all the things i mean the the, the world around us is evolving so is the world of, of corporate actions and i think single participants or we as a data vendor we just have to follow the trends uh, but if the trends that we see do continue then we will see more complex corporate actions like uh, optional dividends with multiple currency options that are refer to, more complex um, tender offers, more complex rights issues, to to continue, you know. Um, we we just briefly touched on that when when you asked that, that question. I mean, why are issuers issuing ever more complex corporate actions? And the answer to that, as I said, is a they can now because their agents uh, or their issuer CSDs now have the the capability of of processing more uh, complex uh, actions. And it's also um, to please their investment community. I mean, to be more attractive uh, for their investors and to uh, uh, attract capital. So companies will use all the tools at their disposal if they think they can benefit uh, from them and make themselves more attractive Uh, to raise capital in the markets.
1: So we're in a a situation now where there there are manual processes, manual systems that are a part of corporate actions processing, especially for complex situations. So is there an optimal ratio of manual to automated systems that firms uh, should aim for? How close can firms get to full automation?
2: I think this question cannot be uh, uniformly answered for all uh, market participants. It has a certain degree of individualism for the the firm, and it will largely depend on the mix of asset classes and markets that a, a firm is serving and the types and volumes of the corresponding corporate actions that need to be processed. So let's say if you have a company that is operating just in the US domestic market then you would obviously want to see a very, very high degree of automation, even across more complex corporate actions, because you're operating in in one uniform market with the same market practice. But let's say for firms that are uh, operating uh, across borders or operating globally, it will actually depend on the as I said, the asset classes and markets, they are covering Um, sometimes. And even we see that as a a data uh, provider, sometimes if volume is too low, you cannot create a business case for automating it, even uh, regardless whether it's it's more complex or, or, or even simple corporate actions. If you only have three cash dividends in one market that you have to process, maybe it's not worthwhile kind of to spend a lot of money to 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 automate it. But what I could say maybe as a general uh, number that we hear quite often, that uh, firms which are quite advanced do achieve even cross-border an average of about 85% uh, automation these days.
1: Well, that's pretty good, right? That's compared to what it was, you know, maybe even 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So looking ahead though, complex corporate actions are a part of the landscape maybe even getting more complicated so how should firms manage the new risks that that come with complex uh, corporate actions
2: yes i mean like with, with all the things but even more so with the complex corporate actions it all boils down to the data used and its quality and timeliness as i pointed out in 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 an earlier question time is of the essence so you need timely data, so you have enough lead time to process the corporate action and the data that you're receiving in the corporate action notifications needs to be of high quality initially so that you do not have to waste too much time in in cleaning up the data and and having too many uh, manual exceptions just to set up the corporate actions in your systems. If you have good and timely corporate action notifications, from uh, all or at least the majority of your sources that you're using, the better a firm will be able to manage the operational risks associated with corporate action processing. Hence, choosing the right sources for information and the way um, they get cross-compared and scrubbed in time with efficient technology is kind of really essential.
1: All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Tanner, for your time this morning.
2: Thanks, Eugene, for your time. It was a pleasure.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange Podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange Podcast.